With Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore now out in theaters, today I'm going to be ranking all 11 Harry Potter universe films from the worst to the best. Hey everyone, welcome back to another ranking here on Movie Morning, and today I am of course going to be ranking The Wizarding World, one of the most popular franchises out there and one of my favorite franchises. And with the latest and 11th entry, and the third entry in the Fantastic Beasts films, now out worldwide. Actually, I just kind of came out of the UK, a lot of European markets last week. So you lucky people got to see it first. Since it's now out, I will be discussing all 11 of these movies and ranking them. However, I must say that this review, this ranking will contain spoilers for every single one of these movies, with the exception of The Secrets of Dumbledore, because I know there's a lot of people who are so just done with the Fantastic Beasts franchise, they're probably not even going to give it a chance. I recommend you go out and give it a chance, and you might enjoy it, and you'll see it higher on this list than I was actually expecting to put it, although admittedly not very high compared to most of the other movies. But I did have a good time with it, and I do recommend you go see it. But don't worry, this, this ranking will include no spoilers for that film, so you've seen every other film in the franchise, you are safe here. With that said, let's not waste any more time and get started. Coming in in last place for me is easily going to be Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. I would also like to mention that this is the only film in the franchise that I would actually give a negative review to, which just shows you the consistency level of the franchise. This film is really bad, and I think it's gotten worse every single time I watch it. Now, it's not without its positives. Let me give you a few of them. Since it's set in Europe, I really enjoy the Harry Potter connections and the fan service. Yes, who me, I really like them. But even though none of them make any sense, for example, the, how McGonagall's included is just dumb and makes no sense. Um, seeing Hogwarts and seeing Albus Dumbledore, a younger version of it, will always just put a big smile on my face. I think Jude Law does a perfect job in the role of playing um, Dumbledore. And I think I still enjoy our returning characters quite a bit but the problem here is that this movie is one of the most messy this this movie contains one of the most messy screenplays i think i've ever seen in my entire life it's such an unbelievably jumbled story where every single character gets their own subplot and it almost feels like they're competing to get the center of attention newt and his buddies from the first movie almost have no place in this movie in this narrative to try and stop Grindelwald, and it feels like there's, they have to really force them in, and because of that, they're constantly retconning so much about the previous movie, but also constantly retconning so much about the previous lore established in the franchise, which is really frustrating. And there's so many backstories and unnecessarily convoluted flashback sequences that completely ruin any chance of a forward momentum being established. And if you've seen any of my reviews, I think momentum is a very important thing to be in your movie, and the whole thing just feels like episodic back-to-back scenes without a through line, and even worse, the backstories established just don't make any sense, and it all leads to one of the most ludicrous and dumb plot twists in cinema history, and I cannot even begin to describe how less sense it actually makes. And it is not that the third act is also just all over the place, with so much exposition and really dumb plot moments like when Grindelwald is explaining his motivation it's just a really bad villain motivation because it kind of makes you actively root against the main characters but the biggest sin this movie actually commits is that it's boring and lifeless which I never thought I would say about a movie with wizards and witches 
Coming in at my number 10 is easily my least favorite of the Potter films, and that is Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. I don't know if this is a hot take or not, to be honest, because there seems to be people who are heavy defenders of this movie, but this is easily the film I've watched the least. And that's really disappointing because it's based on arguably the best of the books. I feel like this movie is kind of all over the place. The first hour and 45 minutes or so almost feel like just a meandering exposition dump filled with setup, but not very interesting setup, in my opinion. And it kind of only exists to set up a gigantic mound because it feels like a stepping stone movie, not a movie you can watch on its own. And that also by far makes it by far the least rewatchable. It is not that the, the pacing of this movie is just all over the place. Sometimes it's slow and it's building tension at other points. It is just a slog to get through. Like There's like a middle stretch in this movie where we're dealing with teenage shenanigans and Ron and what he's doing and him joining Quidditch that I just get kind of to start to fall asleep in because it's just not very interesting. And I feel like this movie's way too heavy on introducing way too many new backstories and, and plot elements that... This is really where the flaws of adapting a film series come to fruition because there's just too many new elements, especially with the Horcruxes, that just feel like they're kind of shoehorned this late into the franchise. And I think that this movie is also where I see a lot of the missed opportunities in the franchise, unfortunately. For example, Draco Malfoy, I think is completely underdeveloped. The Harry and Ginny romance is really underwritten and one of the worst central romances I've actually ever seen in a fantasy film series. And the last thing that I think I hate about this movie is that the way it looks. I just hate the very dark and gray look without any semblance of life or color. But with that said, I've ranted about this movie for two minutes. There are actually things I like about this movie. And overall, I actually am pretty positive on this movie, despite me disliking a lot about it. I think the trio, our main trio, is still always as charming as always. And seeing the characters grow up, is really satisfying and there's a few segments which are very much a throwback to the original two films which are enjoyable and this is kind of the last time we really see these characters having fun which makes this movie kind of stand out there's also some very creative ideas and in individual sequences particularly like the poison and poisonous drinks character having the memory sequences and i think the way the death eaters are visualized i think is very cool and it's great, though, to also finally get answers on questions that have been raised for six films now. Since then, we're teased all, all the way back in the Philosopher's Stone, especially with Snape. And luckily, this movie finally explores more maturely Harry Potter's relationship with Dumbledore. And I think the main reason that I've always... The main reason that I will always still be positive on this movie is the third act. It's phenomenal. It's emotionally satisfying. It builds up the tension. And I think it leads into the final film very well setting up a very different adventure which is exactly what we get with seven part one coming in my number nine is unfortunately going to be another fantastic beast film and that is fantastic beast and where to find them i think this is a fun movie i feel like a lot of people have kind of turned on this movie because of the failures of the second film but i think this is still a very fun adventure on its own this movie has a lot of problems it's a very enjoyable ride in the different world I think what I finally get is that we finally get more of the universe outside of Hogwarts. I always felt like the Harry Potter movies could have been a bit more large in terms of where we're going. But this movie finally shows a different side of the magical community. We're in America, and I think that's good. And I think what carries these movies is the characters. Um, 
they're all so enjoyable. Like, for example, Newt Scamander is a great protagonist who's quickly, whose quirky and awkward, awkward nature really makes him likable from his from the opening sequences with him and with him. And this is the point when you see him at his most vulnerable with his, with his creatures. In all those sequences, I actually do feel bad and they really make him care. Dan Flo Fogler's Jacob is probably the best part of the entire franchise, like I said in my Secret to Dumbledore review. And it's cool to see a main character in this world who's a muggle, which is, you know, very different from this series. Any scene uh, involving the core cast and them catching Fantastic Beasts is whimsical, enjoyable, and I think the characterization as a whole is absolutely fantastic. You learn so much about them from the smallest interactions. And considering the messiness of the different plots, I actually think the tone is balanced fairly well, unlike the sequel. The problem here is that the movie and franchise can't quite decide what it wants to be. Whenever it's building up to the rise of Grindelwald and building up Credence, I actually start to lose interest in this one, which is the opposite that I felt with the, with the sequels. And I think that I honestly, I just think that the plot lines of searching for cute creatures doesn't quite match with the rise of the first Dark Lord in this world. I don't know, I think just this film is just a bit too unfocused to be great. And I'm not the biggest fan of Johnny Depp as an actor in general, but I really think just the Scooby-Doo style twist we get at the end and just having, having it been revealed that Percival Graves actually in the whole time was kind of disappointing because I almost feel like Colin Farrell actually works better for this franchise as a villain. But I digress, you know, we moved on from that anyways too. I think this is an enjoyable movie. I think it gets way too much hate. It's not great by any means, but it's a fun movie. Coming in my number eight is going to be Fantastic Beasts, The Secret of Dumbledore. Now, I should also point out that this movie is actually kind of contending to be my number seven, but I've just seen this movie for the first time, and I'm assuming recency bias does have a bit of a factor, so I'm going to hold myself back and leave this at number eight for now. But I actually do think, on the whole, it's a more it's going to be a more rewatchable movie than my number seven, because, well, firstly, it's much shorter, and I just think that it in many ways, is a more unique adventure inside of this world. So I can actually see myself re-watching this movie a lot, but I think this is the strongest of the Fantastic Beast films and a very solid return to form. The series feels fun again, and I have no doubt that's because of the return of Steve Clubs on writing duties. And the film actually finds a surprisingly great balance between course correction and telling a story that feels like the natural continuation from the previous. The entertainment value, I think, does come from the cast, and it's great all around. I think Mads Mikkelsen should have just been Grindelwald all along. And the layers on he and Dumbledore's relationship are finally peeled back in a really satisfying way. We also get some great new characters. Well, firstly in Lally, and we also get, you know, Jacob still completely stealing the show. I feel like Newt comes into his own, it comes into it comes into his own as a hero in this series. And while I've always really liked him, this feels like the completion, in many ways, of his character arc. And I, what I appreciated most was actually that this was a unique-feeling film in the franchise. Kind of a heist movie with political and spy elements. And I think this movie finds the best tone-blending of the series and finally manages to mesh the, you know, the, the beast side of the series and Grindelwald's rise to power. And this is by far the most focused of the Fantastic Beast films. The pacing isn't great, though, with a story that loses steam in the build-up to the third act before picking it back up again. And while I still think it's fairly messy and sporadic in its storytelling, and with some very underdeveloped and short-changed characters, 
this film won me back and I'm excited to see more and hopefully, hopefully we do get more in the franchise. Coming in my number seven is going to be Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Now I'm just waiting to get crucified on this one because I know that this is a lot of people's favorite or one of their favorites in this series. While this film is admittedly much better than I remember, because as a kid, I think this was my least favorite, which is weird because I almost don't think, I don't think that you would, you would actually think that for like a kid who just likes tournaments and stuff. But it's also weirdly one of the ones I watched the most, so I don't know what I was doing back then. But this movie features the Triwizard Tournament and obviously has some iconic moments from beginning to end. Some of the standouts for me are definitely the scene of Harry trying to retrieve the egg and the, just the entire graveyard sequence in general. Finally seeing it as uh, Voldemort in his physical form is horrifying and Ray finds his performance is incredible and completely lives up to the you-know-who build-up we've had up to this point. And the entire third act is just ridiculously good. I love the haunting feeling, the music, and Harry pushing through and just being brave as hell. That's exactly what I want from this character. The concept for this movie is great, and there's some very intriguing mysteries set up in the first act that instantly hooks you, something which a lot of the later movies really struggle with, in my opinion. There's very clear tonal, tonal shift with this movie, and the stakes get so high towards the third act. This is where the franchise kind of starts to grow up, and there's real tension and heavy subject matter. But there's definitely a, still some issues here. Firstly, for a film with a pretty simple central narrative and concept, it's way too unfocused. Like, the three challenges are spread so far apart in this movie that once a challenge finishes, you almost forget that you're about to head in to watch another, um, another challenge. Because they have to cram, they cram so much fluff in here to make this bloated two-hour and 37-minute runtime that at points it almost starts to become a bit tiring to watch when it comes to this movie. The worst of it being like the terrible Yule Ball sequence and the terrible nonsensical teenage angst that I hate and I don't think has any place in this franchise personally. And I think this is where the trio is at their weakest, which is when they're brooding, which is really disappointing. And I don't think this movie's paced as well as it could be. Like I mentioned with the Triwizard's Forum being so spread apart, it's definitely noticeable when you have when you're following up the best-paced film in the entire franchise. Coming in my number six is going to be one that I have a major soft spot for, and that is Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. When you ask most people, this is probably the one they'll give you as their least favorite. But I, for one, really like this movie. This movie is great, and by far, to me, the most underrated film in the entire franchise. Obviously... I loved the, I have so much nostalgia for Chris Columbus's vision for Harry Potter. When I think Harry Potter, I don't think of the later movies, I think of the first few, and I think of just the way Chris Columbus presented the characters, his visual style, I love all of that. There's just something so wonderful and whimsical, despite being really dark at times with this franchise. It finds a great balance between the two, for the most part, which I'll get into a bit later. This movie definitely takes definitely has an advantage over the first of not having to do as much world building. This one is, is more focused on a mystery and an adventure, and I think it made for made it more intriguing compared to the first. But weirdly, with this one, all my favorite scenes in this movie are actually in the first hour and don't even involve moving the plot forward. Now, I love how dark it gets in the third act. Don't get me wrong, and I love seeing the origins of Voldemort's presence. But there's just so many charming moments with the you know with the flying car chasing after the Hogwarts express being one of my favorite fantasy film scenes 
ever, for example. And this movie also introduces some amazing and scenery chewing new characters like Dobby, Lucius Malfoy, played by the great Jason Isaacs, and Gilderoy Lockhart, played by Kenneth Branagh, all played wonderfully. And I just love Isaacs' cunning performance. And it's such a different type of performance from him. And I think Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grint, and Emma Watson are all even better in this movie than they were in the first, considering they were only released a year apart. That's really cool. I think the issues, the length is obviously the thing that comes to mind. This is, I believe, the longest, and it absolutely does not meet, does not need to be the song. And I'm shocked that they allowed this to happen with the target audience. And I respect WB a lot for allowing it. But it does meander a bit too much, especially even at the end of the third act. Like, the little side adventure where we get with Draco Malfoy, I really don't think was needed. And by the end, it's a waste of time anyways. But And I feel like some of the random scenes are kind of my favorite, so I guess this is even unfair criticism from my perspective. Also, like I hinted at you know earlier, the tonal switches could be smoother. But I still really like this movie, and I think it's a great time. And it's one, one of the other ones I've watched the most, despite its bloated runtime. Number six is a film that's improved a lot for me over the years, and that is Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. This movie has gotten better with age, and one of the only ones that has actually gotten better with age. When it comes to the idea for this story and just the outline for everything should go, this could have been the best of the series, in my opinion. I like that we finally see Harry become the leader that we've been building to. And we get to see more of his interactions with the students outside of Ron and Hermione, which is something that is another missed opportunity in the series, in my opinion. You can feel the stakes slowly ratcheting up as we move on, like just like the last movie. And it's really satisfying to see Dumbledore's second army finally being built up. I hate Dolores Umbridge as a villain, but that's exactly what the story wants you to feel. And it makes the event with her at the end all the more satisfying. This movie also has the most creative final battle of the later films, if not the entire franchise, which, you know, I might get crucified for saying, but I like the horror vibes in the dark hallways of the Ministry of Magic and the final battle between Voldemort and Dumbledore uses so many cool elements with fire, water, the sound effects, the lack of music, and it's more interesting than just green and laser clashing for five minutes straight, which is something that I really don't like about a lot of the final battles. And I love Michael Gambon's presence as Dumbledore in this one especially. And I think this is the last time of the Harry Potter series where there's actually some really unique and cool cinematography. After this, it kind of just felt like David Yates played it a bit safe behind the camera. When I feel like in this one, he really had something to prove and he really just went for it this time around. And I appreciate that a bit more. I think the biggest issue is the lack of depth. It flies through a bit too many plot points and has a pacing pacing that's a bit too quick. This definitely should have been longer, while some of the other ones I've talked about definitely should be shorter. And and it, there's not even like this movie has a lot of... You know, this movie has almost no, almost no filler. It's just all killer. But it needs more filler in a weird way. And I, it just, I feel like the storytelling is a bit less developed and nuanced as it should be. And I think the other issue here is that there's some really unnecessary side characters that do take away from time we could be spending telling a more nuanced story. Coming in my number four is going to be Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1. Now, I know there's a lot of people who don't really love this movie as much as me, but I don't know what the general consensus is, to be honest with you. But Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1 is, I think, one of the best films in the Wizarding World franchise. It is definitely the most human Harry Potter movie ever made. And it's great that this is the 
it's such so cool so it's kind of a cool sort of post-apocalyptic feeling movie which i never really noticed up until this point with all the build-up leading to into the final battle it makes sense why the first half needed to be separate needed to be more character driven because the last time we see these characters interacting with each other until the big final battle and this movie really needs focus on the characters and i think each of our always lovable trio give their best performances in this film not even in the final film in this film i mean there's tons of stakes the entire time there's tension this movie shines in showing us the character moments it's extremely bittersweet to see these characters without fighting in a war for the last time i love all the quiet moments between Ron, between harry and hermione the dance sequence is one of the best in the whole series i'm not even kidding i love the empathy and just how touching it is love all the moments between Ron and Harry and even a bit of the tension that goes on there that didn't even annoy me never feels shoehorned at least and every interaction just feels so natural and I know I'm spending so much time on just the character interaction but that's really what this movie is about this movie packs in so much emotion raw and heartfelt the entire time and I haven't even gotten to the big death of the film yet Dobby's death it might be the most heartbreaking film and death in the entire franchise but to, but to, you know, go just to be an antithesis to that dark stuff, there's some really fun moments in this movie too, especially the opening motorcycle chase. And I also really appreciate that there is fallout from the last movie. There are consequences. This movie definitely serves to explain the Deathly Hollows. And I don't know if we need the movie to be as long as it does to do that, but I didn't think the exposition ever overtake the character moments. There is a ton of it, though, and if there were issues, I think that's the main one we need to talk about. And I think the other one is that we really needed more Voldemort. I love Fines in this role, but I actually forgot how less he's actually in these movies. But and I also do think that, again, there are a few missed opportunities here, especially with Ginny. I really just do not buy into her relationship with Harry. I know I've complained about these, her in so many of these, but just... They just feel so underdeveloped, and from being your main romance, I think we needed more. Kicking off my top three is going to be Harry Potter and the Philosopher's or Sorcerer's Stone. This film is pure magic, pun intended. I cannot underestimate how, I cannot understate how much this movie means to me. I think this is, this is maybe the one I've watched the most, I don't know, I feel like I've said about these all of them, but I have so much nostalgia for this movie and will love it until the end of time. And I don't think there's ever going to be a time where I, where I, this isn't in my top three. I just, I don't even care what anyone says. This movie is by far the most rewatchable film in the franchise. And it's almost not even close to be, to be honest. It might just be for the sentimental value that this film is genuinely still magical. But this movie has some of the best world building I think we've ever had in a fantasy film series everything is just fascinating and the intricacies in Rowling's original work are mostly brought here very well Hogwarts and the Wizarding World is so well realized and Christopher Columbus perfectly captures it in this film to me his take on this franchise and directorial style is probably my favorite outside of Alfonso Cuarón's and the whole film is just so charming and just delightful and John Williams score is brilliant and the cast is also so charming and likable and from the opening could you imagine being these three kids growing up with these characters it's insane to think how children's lives can be changed so much from one movie but just imagine if you were them but they're so great too and it's just i'm so glad they took a risk with these guys and it 
paid off in the end. They do a phenomenal job in here. But they also do a great job of casting the older actors, particularly the late, great Alan Rickman as Professor Snape, who is so great in this movie and great in all of these movies. And this movie is also secretly one of the best Christmas movies ever made. I love this film, and I can't believe this still holds up as well as it does, and I'm so glad it does. The only reason this film probably isn't my number one is because the actual central narrative is the least interesting thing about the entire movie. Like, the stuff built up with the Philosopher's Stone isn't always all that captivating, and I just think that there's so much other things in this movie that just outshine it for me. So by the time we get to the third act, it's the least interesting stuff in the whole movie. My runner-up is going to be Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Oh boy. I could complain about the missed opportunities, not having a fuller arc with Malfoy or Neville, not giving some crucial characters like Hagrid a proper goodbye, not using Voldemort so much. I could complain about the unnecessarily convoluted plot elements like the Elder Wand nonsense, 800 plot reveals involving Snape, Horcruxes. But honestly, when it comes to this movie, I just have to just... Put all that to bed and just tell you that this movie makes me feel a lot. And it's all-out payoff for two hours straight and the climax for seven films of storytelling. It's immensely epic in scale and emotion and deeply satisfying. The showdown between Harry and Voldemort has been building for so long and seeing it finally close, seeing it just finally end here was so needed. The insane destruction and high death toll adds to the gigantic stakes of this final chapter. The moments of victory are felt so heavily, just as felt just as much as the depressing ones. Seeing characters like Neville finally come into his own, riling everyone up is just beautiful. He gets to be the hero. All the action, epic finale type moments, especially the execution of Harry's death in return, is so great. And, all, and also, setting the finale back at Hogwarts was just a genius idea. It's not just that, too, though. As thick as the reveals are laid on you, it's insane how much the revelations of Professor Snape, in particularly, and the, fin- and the final Horcrux feel earned, which is something that's great. And seeing Alan Rickman and Snape one last time is so bittersweet. And this movie makes his character feel so whole. We interpret everything so differently. Everything he's ever done. And it just makes so much sense. The most important thing is though that Harry's hero's journey is finally complete. This is truly one of the franchises that does end on the highest of high notes. Now I will say, I do wish some of the characters do get proper goodbyes. That's kind of the problem with having like 8 million main characters in the series. But, but the ending and final shot are just perfect. Despite the silly looking aging, I guess you could say, for anyone who has some sort of connection to the characters and franchise particularly, if the franchise means something to you, like myself, I don't know how this ending and swelling music doesn't choke you up. I mean, I love this movie. It's my second favorite in the whole series, which is really impressive. And I think just watching these movies every few years and, and binging them back to back brings back so many memories for me. And nothing encapsulates that better than this final film. Simply magical. But coming in at first place is going to be Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. This is one of the best fantasy films ever made. It also happens to have a very secure place in my top 50 favorite films of all time list, which you might see 
one day. But I tell you, this movie will be on that. One of the main reasons this movie tops every other film in the franchise is that it's laser-focused. Not in the way that Order of the Phoenix was. This film is laser-focused and so focused on tell- telling its story that there's almost nothing you could pick apart and nothing that feels underdeveloped or not nuanced enough. I'm not saying it's worth having, not worth having side adventures in the franchise because those are some of the most part- fun parts of the first two films. This movie really didn't need that. and It needed to try and streamline themselves so that they went so they were shorter and it's just, and I think this one just understood that task the best. Part of that obviously has to do with the change in directors. I love the first two films by Chris Columbus, but Alfonso Cuaron just takes the directing to a whole new level. This is easily the best looking, best sounding movie in the franchise, hands down. The lighting and cinematography right from the opening titles are glorious. Any shot that's a long take and just goes through mirrors or windows is beautiful to look at. I love all that stuff. There's also this very offbeat energy to certain scenes, which I really like, and I wish more directors took with their approach in the franchise, because I think it's really cool. And despite having a narrative that's dealing with side characters in the franchise, this might have the most compelling, compelling and satisfying set of reveals and mysteries and twists in the entire series. The tone and vibe is so eerie. I just love the feeling of this movie the entire time. And it's also got a bit of a time travel story, which obviously instantly earned more points because those are just so enjoyable. Uh, so enjoyable. And it's, I think it's some of the best use of time travel I've ever seen. And additionally, this movie has no conventional antagonist and still being high stakes, and that's really impressive that they were able to do that. There's also some magnificent new characters, particularly Lupin, who I really wish was in more of the movies. All the performances, especially, once again, Alan Rickman, as Snape, is just brilliant. I love his personal stake in the story, which gets elaborated on even more in the later movies and just comes full circle, full circle even more. Utterly perfect movie. I love this movie, and I hope you love it as much as me. And this is probably, consensus-wise, everyone's favorite in the series. And it absolutely should be. And that's why Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban comes in at my number one. So thank you guys so much for listening to this very long ranking. I'll catch you all next time. Bye-bye.